What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kings and Priests podcast, where we take some time every single week to talk about the intersection of business and faith. We believe that the message of the gospel is the most important message in the history of the world. And we believe that there are a lot of people who are called to help build God's kingdom through business. And so every week, my co-host Dean and I talk through different business principles. We give practical advice about how to start businesses, scale businesses, build businesses. We talk about different things that are happening in tech and the business world, all with the goal of helping you build something great, build something for the kingdom of God, build something with the Christian worldview in mind. And the next couple of episodes are going to be really good because we're talking about something that Dean and I are both really passionate about, and that is the topic of sales. Nothing happens in business without a product being sold. So we're talking about all things sales. We're talking about some sales strategies. We're talking about some tactics. We're talking about big picture philosophy. We're going to even talk about some of the caricatures that maybe we think of when we think about a salesperson. We just want to talk to founders. We want to talk to people who want to be founders about the importance of learning, even just the basics of what it means to sell a product that you believe in. And so we're operating under the assumption in both of these episodes that when we talk sales, what we're talking about is you and I, a founder, believing in the product that they have created and that it adds value to somebody or to a business. And so we're just coming around this idea of what is sales? Why do we do it? What are some of the different strategies and tactics to sell? And so this is going to be a two-part episode and it's going to be really helpful for you. But hey, before we jump into the conversation, do us a massive favor and uh, rate the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to this on. Leave us a review, share it around to people. It really does go such a long way in helping spread the word as we are in the just the beginning stages of building this podcast and building out this community. Well, hey, let's jump into this conversation with myself and Dean, part one on sales. Dean, how are you, man? Mate, good. How you doing? Just, you know, working hard. Yeah, <laughs> working hard. What are your work hours usually? Uh, I wake up around six, mm -hmm. um, kind of meditate on a few verses, you know, for about half an hour, mm -hmm. then start reading all my news and oh, tech yeah. and blogs and newsletters and, all you know, yeah. little Vegemite toast at 7.30 and then usually in the, in the office at eight. My, th my theory with Vegemite is that it is just a massive troll from Australians to the rest of the world. Like they pretend to like it because I don't know. I've tried. I've tried. Americans don't like it, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'd still, I'm 57 and, and still every have day. it on toast nearly every day. <laughs> Can you get good Vegemite in America or do you have to have it like? Oh, oh well, there's no such thing as fake Vegemite. It's either real. Got now it. there is Marmite and Promite, but that's crap. Got compared it. to the real thing. Okay. So, yeah, you can get it real, uh, like world market here in Park City. They have it. I, I just buy it by the six bottles, you know? Nice. There you go. Uh, Joe's mom used to send, um, when I was living with him, he would send, uh, this is my, my friend Joe, who's from Australia that, that I lived with in LA. She would send him um, like boxes of this barbecue sauce in like a red. Yeah, eat a, eat yeah. a barbecue yeah. sauce. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as we ran out, another box of like 15 of them uh -huh. would show up. Um, yeah. 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 Those things you grow up on, you know, they're, they're hard to kick. Yeah, exactly. So, um, we're talking sales today. 
and oh. actually the next two uh the, the next two episodes so we're gonna do a two-parter uh on sales and before you if you're listening to this before you sort of check out and go oh i don't have the personality for that or a weird character oh. pops in your head about what sales is um, stop that stop Lord. because uh you're talking to a couple of people who uh love and believe in sales um because it's everything because it's everything like, mm -hmm. if you don't have sales you have nothing exactly <laughs> exactly um i love it it's one of my favorite topics to talk about um i know it's one of your favorite topics to talk about about mm -hmm. four years ago i i wanted to start a website where i uh, called salesfails.com where i literally wanted to just source the internet for the the worst cold outreach emails and just <laughs> like just display them for the world to see so we're talking sales so before we before you jump off hey this is really important if you're any kind of entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur you don't have a choice but to uh at least do your best to understand sales would you say that's right Dee? yeah like <clears throat> sales is one of those things that um some people are naturals uh, some people are not. Some people hate it. It can be learned. Basic selling techniques can be learned. So, And that if you are a, a, an entrepreneur of any kind, product, service, trade, whatever it is you're doing, you need to be able to sell that yep. at some degree. Now, at some point, you might hire professional salespeople like you would professional marketing people. Um, like you would professional R&D if your product is, you know, tech. But um, founders need to be able to sell. And I would argue that, uh, you know, for any person wanting to do well in the marketplace, in the workforce, mm -hmm. if you can't at least sell yourself. Right. I walked into a, a restaurant the other day and it was the most depressing <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And I walked in there and I said, oh, I'd like to try your food. And the guy literally, and he was, I found out he was the owner. And he literally like begrudgingly got me, a, it was empty by the way, so that should have told yep. me something. Begrudgingly got the menu, the ordering, the whole thing was just depressing. Mm -hmm. And of course the food was under average. Not so, great. you know, that was that, right? Mm -hmm. No, no shock there. So anyway. Everybody, you got to be able to sell at least yourself, let alone whatever it is you're producing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that's what I was uh, that's what I was going to say, right? It's so for a founder, an entrepreneur, there's obviously selling the product itself, but they're selling to investors, they're selling yep. to early team members. Well, actually, any team member, no matter how big your company ever gets, hundred percent, you are selling your vision to them to want to be a part of it. There's like yeah. the daily practice of selling and inspiring the team to go after the vision yep. that's been it been laid out so it really is a, a skill i'm excited to get to the can someone be taught because i think we may have a bit of a different opinion on it so i'm excited yeah, to uh, to, yeah. to talk about that but first let's go let's like what it is versus what it isn't so when i think sales or i think when most people think sales they think you know, like used car salesman or like boiler room, cold call stockbroker. Right. If I was to offer you this, what would, you know, like, like you know, yeah. that kind of thing. When I think about sales, I, I'll, I'll never forget this image is like ingrained in my head. I think I was like eight or nine and a, this is back when door-to-door -door sales was a big thing. And a guy knocked on the door and he was selling cleaning products. 
I'll never forget this. I was eight years old. My mom comes at the front yep. door. I'm standing there. He's selling. I think some, I had that same guy in Atlanta. Yeah. He's selling some kind of spray, clean spray. And his whole pitch was that it's natural. So you've got young kids. If they get into this, right. they're going to, and, and they drink it, they're going to be okay. And he said, right. and watch. And he literally opened his mouth <laughs> and he sprayed, the, sprayed the thing. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. And um, okay. so we think stuff like that, right? Um, yeah. And, and I guess in some ways that's what sales still is. I mean, sometimes that is, but yeah, I, we're not, we're talking bigger picture here. So, so yeah. when I say sales, what comes to your mind? It's not that, right? So I think we put that in the category of infomercial, mm -hmm. hardcore closing, mm -hmm. car salesman pressure. Let's Always put that over closing. on the shelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even the marketplace has changed, you know, on car sales, right? Like, you know, CarMax and all these guys, it's like, no negotiating, here's the price, you walk in, there's no drama, right? So the market is, you know, I, I had a guy, his name was Keith Mockentine, he was the top Chevy s seller in, in uh, Atlanta for many years. His method, he was a big guy, you know, kind of just a sweet-spirited guy. His method for selling Chevy trucks mm -hmm. was literally, you came on the lot, you gave him your driver's license, and he threw you the keys. And he says, go and take it for a spin. And he, and he deliberately like made it so zero pressure, nothing. And then they'd come back in, you know, 10, 20 minutes. And he's like, what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. And of course, like, you know, you're in a brand new Chevy truck, you're in the South. Like, it's like every person's like, <laughs> it's, and it's, they're like, it's a rite of passage. You have to have a Chevy. Right. And he was, so the point is that pressure selling vibe that's not what we're talking about today mm -hmm. so let's get that off the table yep yep um what we're talking about is <clears throat> if i'm an entrepreneur and i'm selling a product or a service um i have to get customers mm -hmm. so i can do that in different ways now um i can use technology i'm going to have my website i might get a mailing list i might like whatever right um i might i'm going to have some early adopters i'm going to cultivate you know the selling uh, of my product in many different ways when you first get going. But as you get things perfected, you wanna <clears throat> you want to grow. We always talk about growth. And really the, um, the, the thing that has to be really instilled in you know the early days of, of starting your business is that you have to have a pitch that within probably under a minute, you know, maybe two, you might get two minutes that you could in a compelling, concise way, present what it is you do mm -hmm. and then allow that person to then, you know, either take it from there by asking you more questions mm -hmm. and I have a kind of method around that moment mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, it's over and you live to fight another day and you follow up, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> it is It is not the cheesy car salesman thing yep. that we're talking about. Yep. This is and selling is really easy when you believe in what you do. Mm. Like I've sold a lot of things uh, over my career. Um, I was very early in video machines, mm. in VHS video machines, and I worked in this VHS um, video store, like a blockbusterish type of thing, in Sydney. I was I was shoot this was before I went to Bible college, so we're talking I was probably nineteen. And I'd already been a bricklayer's laborer and I decided I didn't want to use my body to, to make money. So I wanted to use my brain. <laughs> exactly. And I discovered that 
you know, I don't have a lot of brains, but I have a really good brain when it comes to persuading people to mm-hmm. adopt things. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I'm, 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 I, the, the, the salesman for the VHS machine, back then, $2,000 got you a VHS machine, right? There was like, you know, it was, it was huge. And uh, I remember being salesman of the month for like five months, and then I went to Bible college. Um, and And I just, you know, discovered some amazing things about, the process, what that moment's like, you know, the the journey of inquiry through to close and sale and paperwork and collecting the money and like all of those things. There's all these kind of magical moments yeah. on the line on the journey towards the close of a sale. Um, and it's always fascinated me. I've read a million books on it, but I think it begins with, <clears throat> do I believe in what I'm selling? And so that you're 50% there now because mm. now – I'm not selling. Right. You're telling a <laughs> I'm, story. I'm really you're, just it, you're, yeah. Well, the excitement I have for the product is is not going to require me to make stuff up mm-hmm. and to be pressured, you know, or pressuring. Mm-hmm. It's if I really love and believe what I'm doing and that ultimately it is going to benefit the customer. The customer customers buy mostly because there's a benefit. Right. Right, so good, good selling techniques, and you know we probably could, you know, we'll get into that a little bit. Good selling techniques always lead back to the benefit, right? So, what's the benefit of a at that time a three thousand dollar VHS camera with the big pack on the on the you know strap and the and the TV size movie camera three grand? That's what they were back in like whenever that was nineteen eighty nine. What's the benefit of that? And of course, it was these beautiful movies that you're going to make with your children, and and you know have these memories forever. And look, it's so easy to put the tape in, then take it out and put it in your two thousand dollar VHS machine, and and think of all yeah. the and remember like um, uh, what was it called? Something eight. It was the old film kind of way of getting movies, and you had to put it in a projector. Yeah. And now you can just put in the cassette and show it on your television, and everybody at Christmas can see the incredible memories yeah. that you're going to create, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I sold real estate for a long time and I would just, you know, show the house, whatever. And, uh, I'd, I'd maneuver the wife into the kitchen. If it was a good one, mm-hmm. I'd find the best place in the house, mostly if the kitchen was good and I'd get the wife in there and the husband's kind of, you know, he's around the house and I just start talking to her, you know, and, um, it, it's, so what, what's the benefit mm-hmm. and you just have to keep kind of moving to that. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the the very first thing in sales, most of the time, is uh, questions, questions, questions. Listen, listen, listen. So you're coming to me to buy something I'm selling, and you know whether I've marketed to you, whether I've cold called you, whether whatever it is, the first thing you're going to do is ask questions, which requires you to listen. Right. And which- you may ask. Five questions, yeah, and get and listen five times mm-hmm. before you say a thing about the product. Yeah, and I think that brings up this really good point that it, it's 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 difficult to remember, but we're not as as someone that's selling something. I, I think oftentimes we have this idea like we're just trying to get them to do what we want them to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, we want you to buy this, so like I'm just gonna like continue to push you down that track. But it's really like I, I'm trying to figure out what you want and need how what I have to offer can answer that need and be helpful. I remember early on in my sales career, 
someone using the example of like, hey, that person you're selling, trying to sell this product to, they're a human that's going to have to go to their boss to try and get the approval to spend the money, which means what right. you're selling, they're putting trust in you that this thing is actually going to be beneficial. So this person has wants and needs and insecurities yep. and all this kind of stuff. And so if you just go in and start like, this is the product, here's why you need it, here's what it's going to do, here's what we like, we just kind of like assume a bunch of stuff on this person without ever like right. asking questions. I think oftentimes that can be counterintuitive to someone who has a more sales personality because most of the time they're, right. they're going to be very opinionated, direct, and Correct. passionate about what it is they're selling. So how have you like gone, like how, how has that worked in your mind? Because that's not an easy thing to remember, right? Yeah, look, I'm the sale, I have the sales personality. So mm -hmm. what I had to, to learn is to, to dial back, mm -hmm. right? Um, this is why, and we can talk about this, I think most people can learn how to sell. Mm -hmm. because it's not about the personality. The sales personality can be off-putting. Yep. And I'll, I'll show you a lot of instances of people who don't have the sales personality, whatever that is. Maybe it's mm -hmm. you're gregarious and you're outgoing and you're people yep. and you're like, comfortable in, in, in like talking to people, which, you know, that's kind of me. Um, but I know a lot of people that are the opposite personality mm -hmm. of that, that are mm -hmm. phenomenal sellers. So th that's why I tend to think, you know, I could teach someone to sell. Mm -hmm. no matter what their personality is, mm -hmm. because I think selling transcends personality. Mm -hmm. it, it's really what you're doing is, is you, if you have passion about the product and you understand the benefits of the product and all the problems it's going to solve for the customer, mm -hmm. by asking the right questions, you can get into a dialogue that may be 80% of the sales journey. And then all you've got to do is there's two or three things you do at the end you know, that I don't you like using the word technique because it denotes like deception sometimes. Like I'm going to use this technique to get you to do that. Mm -hmm. But there's just common sense things you do mm -hmm. at the end of the Q&A period, which could be for an enterprise big product that could be six or 12 months, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I'm selling airplanes to some country, that might be a three-year sale, right? Mm -hmm. um, if, if I'm selling, you know, fix your toilet services as a plumber, that's a pretty quick sale. And often that's motivated by need, right? Um, so I, I just think the, the Q, uh, the Q and A and listening thing is a massive chunk of what selling is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think that, um, I've, and again, I don't have all the wisdom in the world, but from my experience, there are the tactics that can be taught of mm -hmm. sales. There are the strategies that can be taught of sales. And I think you're right. You don't have to have that personality. I think where I always seemed to get stuck and where I always felt like I got stuck hiring salespeople was the kind of internal tenacity to not get discouraged. And so when I, when I, yep. when I, like, when I make a generic reference, like you can't train someone to sell, right? right. What I often go back to is the kind of like internal uh, ego is not necessarily the right word, but like I want to win. I want to, and so if someone tells me no, um, right. You know, I'm going to keep going as opposed to because sales, you hear no a ton, right? That's what I yeah, would always see. Someone, right. right, right. But, you know, someone <laughs> who has like all the right strategy, tactic, even personality, right. Right. man, it's a, it's a difficult thing to just put yourself out there day after day, you know? Um, so that's kind of what well, I always go back to when it comes to that personality, you know? Yeah. And, and maybe we split the, the, the conversation here. Mm -hmm. There is selling for a living. 
as a professional right. salesperson, let's take that down one category. Yeah. And then there's selling out of necessity because you've created or started a business. Yep. Right. And that one day you get to the point where you hire the pros to go sell whatever it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, let's, let's divide it into those two things. Yeah. I, I think we should talk to, you know, the owner, product developer, mm -hmm. you know, entrepreneur, <clears throat> how do you basically, depending on what you're doing, get, you know, sales mm -hmm. of what it is you're building or, or service providing. So, you know, I think there's a skill set there that, mm -hmm. that comes from confidence yeah. in the product, passion about the industry, problems that you're going to solve, like all of that stuff. And then there's the pro sales guys that, uh, you know, are pro sellers, right? And then in there, you got, you know, the BDRs who are, you know, trying to generate, you know, for the, for the account executives who are trying to get the demo and then, yeah. you know, trying to there's close a, the deal. And yeah. So, there's a bunch of different skill sets, skill sets in the whole pipeline that sort of, right. Yeah. That take you right. the process. Okay. So then let's go back to founder, business owner, very beginning. You've mm -hmm. got to get your product out into the world. So the first thing that usually starts with in my mind is if I'm starting a business, I don't have a mailing list most of the time. Right. I don't have, uh, I'm not, people aren't beating down my door for the product. So it's generally starting with, I'm reaching out to somebody in some form or fashion to, mm -hmm. uh, to start a conversation with them. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, do it. Let's like, should we start there? Like, what does that, yeah. what does that look like? So yep. that's where I've, I've done a lot of that in way different forms. I've done door-to-door walk-ins. I've emailed right. people cold. My first job in sales was literally to every morning take the business section of the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, uh, and Barron's, read them, find articles about people who our product would be good for, mm -hmm. craft an email, and log mm -hmm. on to my CEO's email and send the, mm -hmm. send the email, you know, mm -hmm. hey, read your article in the New York Times, working on this product, here's why I think it could work, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Literally sure. just zero to one, straight up, right. cold yep. outreach. Um, yep. Do you think founders need to, at least for a period of time, be able to do something similar? I think the step before that is we all have friends and family mm -hmm. that can give us opinion mm -hmm. who are potential customers. So, you know, so let's, let's go real simple. Let's say I make furniture for a living mm -hmm. and I, I get this old age wood and I get it from, you know, Idaho and, and I get it and I make this beautiful tables. Right. And I, I love woodwork and the craftsman's also let's, and there's like, there's a lot of this kind of handcrafted kind of bespoke everything, you know, oh, yeah. going on in, in the market today. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and let's, the tools to be able to do that at scale are better than they've ever been. Let's get right. to that in a second. Right. Cause you can, you can get on Etsy, you can get on Shopify, you can like all your shop is easy to create now. Right. And, and the argument of whether you'd ever do bricks and mortar is, I think, almost done. <laughs> like, I read today Amazon's shutting all of their uh, pop-up bookstores. Really? Yep. They, they, they had 68 of them. They tried it, and they just nixed it. So if Amazon, who closed every bookstore just about in America, mm -hmm. and then came full circle 20 years later and said, you know, we're going to go and do some, you know, some uh, kind of physical bookstores, yep. and in a couple of years nixed it, I, I would be running a thousand miles an hour away from shop front type situations. Okay. So that um, makes me, let me just, let me put this in here so we don't forget. I want to do an episode of what businesses can be launched out of all these empty malls yep. and retail spaces. Oh yeah. 
that totally. And, that, and there's a movement on that. Huh? There's something happening. There's something happening there too. Right. So yeah, we it, should, yeah, we should we should we should do an episode on that because there are yeah. I, I there are yeah. tons of places that anyway because people no. still want experiences. It's yep. just are we going to give them the experiences they want? And apparently, people don't want the experience of walking into a bookstore anymore. So right. there you go. Right. Um, so so yeah, yeah. So um, but let's come back to our furniture guy, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, he makes this beautiful. Let's just say it's the most beautiful handcrafted furniture and let's just say it's priced you know for a, a middle price point so it's not overly expensive it's not junk it's handmade it's solid there's no kind of you know particle board <laughs> slapped together with right. like ikea this is like really good mm -hmm. and you know this isn't a five thousand dollar table maybe it's a fifteen hundred dollar table so the price point is good the quality is phenomenal it's handmade mm -hmm. um and then insert you know handcrafted tables to be anything okay so the first thing I would do is I would create a blog around woodworking. You don't have to be a writer to do this. For 20 bucks a month, you can get, uh, you know, a Squarespace website. Um, obviously, you're going to do your socials, right? You're going to start promoting the stuff. You take photos of what you're doing. So you're basically building this expertise thing. So yeah. I'm going to create the product and then I'm going to be a perceived expert. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just, and to, just to, just quickly, there are tools to help with that now. So tons. there are transcription tools where let's say you don't love to sit in front of a computer and write, you can get a microphone for 25 bucks, speak into yep. a program that will automatically totally. turn it into. And then there's a, pro there are programs for 20 bucks a month that can literally show you keywords and yep. how to do your SEO. There are programs yep. where you can, let's say you want to, you know, ultimately you want to sell your product in a target. There's a program for 25 bucks a month. You can yep. sign up for this program. It will do a deep dive into who the people that follow Target on social media are and show yep. you the keywords that you need to write for them to be able to find you. So it's like. What, what's, what's the foundation that we keep coming back to? Everything, every piece of knowledge is available. Mm -hmm. You just got to go find it. Mm -hmm. So YouTube, your friend, the internet's your fan, whatever you need to learn, yep. you can learn it for free. Yep. Okay. So, so you start the blog. Start my blog. I, I'm I'm building kind of, uh, you know, I'm doing my furniture. I'm going to my friends and family and say, hey, what do you think of this? And you know, maybe they buy it, maybe they don't. Um, but if it's good and it's priced well, and people need tables, you're going to start selling them to your, your network, mm -hmm. right? Which is your little fifty-person world mm -hmm. of friends and family. Right. And then friends and family, of course, lead to associates of friends and family. Yeah. So you might have another five hundred people, you know, around that fifty. Yeah. Um, and if it's good and it's priced well, mm -hmm. they're going to tell their friends mm -hmm. and word of mouth marketing is the cheapest and best you'll ever get. Mm -hmm. You know, having a personal recommendation about a product or service is a thousand times better than me paying for advertising to get eyeballs to look at my stuff. Yep. Okay. So then now, so, but that's not enough for me to build a business, right? That that's enough for me to, um, to essentially, you know, get my product market fit, you know, we always talk about that, right? Um, and all of a sudden though, if I'm creating content, selling to family and friends, those ripples combined with this content that I'm writing about and the social media stuff that I'm doing is gonna get my pool to 5,000 from 50 pretty quick, mm -hmm. maybe six months. Mm -hmm. And then then I'm gonna have issues, right? There's a whole nother 
kind of topic, now I'm going to have issues with building as many tables <laughs> because hopefully, you know, I could, if I can turn out like one table a week that of this quality table or two tables a week, now I'm going to have scale issues, but that, mm -hmm. that's a good problem to have. And we'll yep. leave that for another day. Yep. But, you know, I just think if I, I start incrementally and, and that's the kind of business too, you're probably going to have is be a side hustle at first, or you've saved up a year's salary and, you know, all the kind of other things we talk about in the beginning of a, of a company. But, you know, if I'm creating something great, um, I'm going to use my network. I'm going to use the associates of my network. And then, you know, I'm going to have my product market fit. I'm going to get comment. Hey, this, you know, tables this or this widgets that. And, you know, all of a sudden between what I can do digitally, you know, and, and this little kind of market that I've created that I have around my life, all of a sudden that's, that's a pretty good catalyst to get moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you've got that started. There is, you've got a little bit of momentum. Some people know about the product. Um, then what? So yeah. you realize, okay, I need to start. Like, talk to me about that next step, right? Yeah. So we're, and, and keeping on the sales theme. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now maybe I want to go sell these tables wholesale. And I've found another guy who's going to help me make them to the quality that I want. And maybe I'm going to, maybe going to go and approach a local furniture store and maybe there's a wholesale opportunity. That's, that's where real scale begins to come in. Maybe you just go to local antique stores and local markets and ask to display a table there. And right. There's other avenues now where you basically you need to get other people to sell for you, mm -hmm. which is there's, that's the moment, right? I can sell X and yep. then I'm going to, I have to get other people to sell, whether it's digitally, they're selling for me. Mm -hmm. Right, whether it's Google Ads or my blog or whatever, mm -hmm. um, you have to then kind of multiply yourself yep. so then other people can start selling. Whether they work for you or they don't work yep. for you, that's the inflection point yep. of, of where scale comes. So <clears throat> it's gonna that's gonna vary for depending on the business. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. Like the the kind of business and the style of selling that it it requires. Right. Yep. So so my. In fact, almost the vast majority of sales I have done uh, kind of removes a lot of that SaaS sort of sales right. process because it is all, right. most of it's like custom and it's, it's in its own little ecosystem where I'm like reaching out to people via email. I'm going and meeting with them. I'm pitching them. I'm hearing what they need. And I'm, com so it's, it's sort of a different, yep. a, a different skill set, but also a different type of business that actually, if you can figure out a business that is more a SaaS sale, product sales, model, I would say do that 100% of the time. Um, yeah. You know, so I actually don't have a lot of experience selling products where there is a marketing funnel or a content funnel where sure. like opportunities are landing into my inbox. And I think you brought up a good point where like sales isn't just hitting somebody up cold, getting them on the phone, closing the deal. There's a whole sort of funnel that happens before that. So Maybe just talk about like, yeah. the difference between like relational totally. selling and, and, and software selling and, and yeah. all that. It, on the software side, the inbound funnel is the holy grail, okay? Can I generate enough interest and traffic to my website where people self-sign up yep. to, to do some kind of demo? That's the holy grail. That's called an inbound funnel. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> when you can create that, you have struck gold because that is scalable. It's very low cost. So your yep. cost of customer acquisition, what was known as CAC in the biz, um, custom acquisition cost gets way down mm -hmm. and you can calculate 
you know, what's it cost me for me to take these orders, either by salesman or self, or like keep my all my service? What are my costs of goods and services around getting that customer? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's different metrics for different things. Yes. What's my lifetime value of the customer? So if it costs me $500 to get a customer, but the lifetime value is $10,000, I'm going to, and I'm, you know, putting ads on Google or Facebook or whatever I'm doing to get people in this inbound funnel. I'm just going to tip as much money as I have into the, into the funnel machine because the orders are coming in. Mm-hmm. And that's, this is something I know pretty well because yep. uh, it's to do with my own business, but that is like the holy grail. Now, very hard to do, pretty rare. Um, so let's let's leave that over here for a second. I think the the skills that we can equip our entrepreneurial audience with are around this one to one, one to many potentially kind of sales journey, and and how they can go from creating a product that they love and believe in to you know getting it sold. So yep. I I think. If we're going to go there for a minute, I think there's, I think there's one word and it's a dirty word mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's not understood and it's been used in the negative. Okay. But I think selling comes down to one word and the word is persuasion. Mm-hmm.